Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, uh, uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. And if you have your tablets or smartphones or you just want to look at it on the screen, that would be fine as well. We've been following a thread through the Christmas story, the, the thread of fear. We, we looked at Zachariah and Elizabeth, and we looked at Mary. Last week we looked at the shepherds. All the way through the, the Christmas story, you had those who were afraid, and you have God say, fear not. Um, he continues to encourage them, commanding them, urging them. Do not fear. I've noticed that this thread of fear runs through most of our lives as well. We sometimes relabel it as stress or worry or anxiety. Sometimes we call it fear. We fear for the future because, well, it's the great unknown. We fear evil people and we do what we can to make ourselves secure. We fear disease and accidents and rodents and the range of fears different from person to person, but uh, there are few people who live without fear. We fear uh, even though we live in one of the safest places on earth. And God steps into the middle of our lives at this Christmas season and says, do not be afraid. And we wonder how. Because you and I both know that risk is real, right? Cancer, car accidents, crime, they're real. We wonder how not to be afraid when children don't show up when they're supposed to. When the telephone rings late at night. When so many things are uncertain. And yet God steps into the middle of our world and he says, do not be afraid. If we heed that voice and act out of who we genuinely are, we're able to live well, live large. But if you operate out of fear, your life has a way of shrinking, getting smaller. Fear has a way of making us draw back from life there is something that shrivels inside of you. And I know many of you, you want to live well. You want to live healthily. You want to make the best of life and live large, but the question is how? With all the risk around us, how? This morning I want to take you into the story of Joseph. If you really want to embark on a journey of living out of who you really are rather than of, of fear, I believe that this story has something to teach us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. You heard the story read. Let me just read a part of it again. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. 
Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Mary and Joseph were engaged, but engagement at that time or betrothal was something very different than our kind of engagement. In our, in our country, one-third of the people who get engaged never get married um, to, that, to that person. That was not the case back when Mary and Joseph were around. In fact, to break off an engagement, you needed to get a divorce because to be betrothed to somebody meant that you were already thought of as husband and wife. Now, during this engagement period, I love the phrase, and Mary was found to be with child. I don't know how Joseph found out. Um, Mary, I don't want to say anything, but aren't you putting on a little bit of weight? Or, Mary, um, is that a pillow under your shirt? Or, or maybe Mary told him this unbelievable story, uh, Joseph, I'm pregnant and God did it. Okay, yeah, right? I don't know how he found out that she was with child, but she was and he did. Now, the news wasn't really public yet, but it wouldn't be long. And when that happened, Joseph would be embroiled in a scandal. He didn't want that, yet he was about to be embroiled with a, in a marriage with a woman who, obviously, he couldn't be trusted. He didn't want that either. He knew that he wasn't the father. The pain in his soul must have been incredible. But he's still a righteous guy, loved Mary, don't want to hurt her, um, can't marry her, so... I'm just going to quietly divorce her. Then the angel appeared to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I'm sure Mary told him that same thing. It makes a whole lot of difference when it comes from an angel, right? Because at the base of the pain in his soul was fear. Just a, an observation. Most of our lack of closeness in a marriage is fear. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of trusting, fear of opening up, fear of getting hurt. So the angel told Joseph, um, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So, verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. In the act of taking Mary as his wife, Joseph, Joseph showed courage. Courage to withstand the gossip. People can count to nine, nine months after the wedding. 
He showed righteousness. What he did was, was right, and he followed the command of God. He chose, right, he chose to be righteous rather than to appear righteous, and there's a big difference between the two. He chose to be righteous. He launched himself into the unknown because the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And they lived happily ever after, right? And life was easy storybook ending, right? Just do what the angel says, just trust God, don't be afraid. And everything will fall into place, right? Doesn't quite work like that. Remember the story of that first Christmas. Here you have this recently married couple who must make a long, uncomfortable journey to Bethlehem in order, by order of the king. Um, it doesn't matter that Mary's nine months pregnant. It doesn't matter that there's no place to stay. The angel says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, but because Joseph took her as his wife, he ended up in Bethlehem, homeless, with a wife, about to give birth. If I'd only divorced her, I wouldn't be in this situation, right? I get a little bit about Joseph's fear. Uh, we had planned to have our daughter Amy at a hospital with a midwife. She came a lot faster than we expected. We had her at home. The midwife arrived with four minutes to spare to deliver her. And while I was waiting on the uh, midwife and uh, Linda was calm, I was a little freaked. Um, and uh, I knew fear. But at least we had a house over, a home over our head, a roof over our head, and we had help on the way. Joseph could look back on the words of the angel. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And say, look where that got me. My wife is in labor pains. I can't find a room. I've been to a whole pile of inns and there's no room. No vacancy signs. Don't be afraid. Yeah, God, right. But God provided a stable. Not pretty, but functional. The birth went well. And Joseph and Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger. People, if you follow the words of God to fear not, do not be afraid, it does not mean that there will be clear sailing. You will still have the ups and downs of situations. Life will be challenging and sometimes more than challenging. We have this idea that if, if we follow God and if we do the right thing, if we just perform well, then life will be easy. But God never said that it would be easy. In fact, all the way through the Old Testament, whenever you, you hear the word fear not, it was usually a precursor to war. It was often the angel or God speaking, don't be afraid. 
See, if you take God at his word and do not fear, it doesn't get you out of the battle. In fact, it does something quite different. It brings God into the battle. Think back to that night. If he had lived out of his fear, he would have missed the shepherds who'd seen a choir of angels. He would have missed the wise men bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He would have missed the baby Jesus. And he would have missed being remembered by kids up to this day in bathrobes. So you want to live well? When God speaks, listen. It's not about the challenges, it's about where God is in those challenges. Well, let's carry on with the story. Night comes, uh, uh, when the Magi come in search of the baby, Jesus, they stop in at Herod's and ask, uh, Matthew verse 2, verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We, we saw his star in the, when it rose, and we have come to worship him. It was a logical move. One would think that a king would be born where kings live, in a palace. And it turns out that Herod had no knowledge of the Christ child. The message that these wise men brought really freaked Herod out. Verse 3 says he was greatly disturbed. So the chief priests and the leaders of the people were summoned and asked where the baby was to be born, and the answer was in Bethlehem. So Herod finds out the time that the star appeared, and then he sends the Magi on, the way, uh, on their way saying, you know, when, when you get there and you, you deliver your gifts, Come back and tell me all about it. Except what Herod really wanted to do was exterminate the competition. The Magi find the, the baby Jesus. They worship him. They give him the gifts. They were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they went back another way. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled the prophecy of the Lord, said, through the prophet out of Egypt, I crawled my son. Okay, we read in, in Matthew 1. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Um, Joseph? Yeah, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Oh, and by the way, this bloodthirsty king is going to be out to kill the child. Don't be afraid.
God doesn't tell you or me everything that's going to happen. Really thankful for that. Most of us couldn't handle it. Um, but the reason why he can say to Joseph, don't be afraid, is because he is walking with Joseph. At the appropriate time, an angel showed up and said, you need to leave for Egypt now. Joseph obeyed. Christ's child was spared. But that is what you would expect. Go back to chapter 1, verse 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Doesn't matter if it's the calm before the storm. Doesn't matter that we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that are more than just a little scary. The story of Christmas, the story of the gospel message, the story of God to you is this. Don't be afraid. Why? Because Emmanuel is here. God is with us. The reason why you can heed the voice of the one who calls you to fear not is that he walks with you all the way. There may be hair-raising moments. There may be Herods in your life. But that doesn't matter. Because the God of the universe is walking with you. He said, behold, I am with you, even to the very end of the age. Listen to Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Scary things there. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And God is with us. There are some of you today who know what it means to live in fear. You have some Herods in your life that make life miserable. 
Others of you have things that are just not coming together the way you thought they should. Some of you have figuratively knocked on a dozen hotel rooms and all you get is closed doors. Some of you have been told by God to, to do something out of your comfort zone. Some of you are waiting for news from the doctor. Some of you are waiting for news or walking with people who you love that are just in the middle of great challenge and pain. Hear the voice of God to you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I'm on your side. I love you. I'm there for you. If you take God at his word and do not fear, it doesn't get you out of the battle, but it brings God into the battle. Hear the voice of God again to you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. God doesn't exempt you from the challenges. But when you take God at his word, you'll find him faithful. You will find him over and over again to be faithful. God cares for you. He's there. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. And Lord, sometimes our world is pretty scary. Can't see the future. Sometimes the present feels dismal. And yet we would say this, we trust you. Lord, many of us have found you to be faithful in the past. Lord, I know that you're going to be faithful in the future. And so we give thanks because you are trustworthy. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.